Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Chris Schubert. Jamie Eisner going today. Did you forget my name? Waddle, baby Waddle. Well, I didn't know how I was going to introduce that in the in the behind the scenes studio. Your name this week is Waddle, baby Waddle, as yeah. if to say that you know that that was the only redeeming thing from the Monday Night Football game last night. Uh, maybe if he had a Dolphins defense, that was a, that was another redeeming uh, part of it. But we are back, week seventeen, waiver wire week seventeen. Jamie's rankings as for. Some of you, it is championship weekend. Congratulations if you are there. Apologies if your matchup came down to whatever that albatross was last night on Monday Night Football. But here we are, week 17, Jamie. Championship weekend for a lot of people. Not for me. No championship for me this year. Uh, and my, my dreams ended a couple weeks ago. But we are here to help the people out. And you know who's also here to help you out? Bet online. They remain your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. And if you head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today, you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus if you use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jamie, before where are we, we going to start, Chris? Before Chris, where are we starting? With waiver wires. Okay. Anything you anything you want to, you know, housekeeping, clean up before we move from week sixteen to week seventeen. Any any anything you want to just maybe address? Um, do you know something I don't? It feels like you're, no, no, you're no, leading. No, oh, okay. No, it feels like it you were leading me into something I just, there. I didn't uh, want us to start the waiver wire, and you'd be like, no. "Wait a minute, Chris, we got to talk about this." And just making. I mean, would I do that? Yeah, I kind of feel like I do that all the time. Um, I guess other than. Jalen Waddle's very good. Uh, wait till we talk about where I have him ranked this week. Really fun spot for him. We'll get uh, and the other thing I was thinking about, just random fact that means nothing and it doesn't really help anybody, but I'll say it anyway before we get into waiver wire. I was just thinking about how diametrically opposed Alvin Kamara's Christmas performance was last year versus this year. And that's not necessarily his fault. He's running behind like practice squad guys on the offensive line with a quarterback that probably shouldn't be in the NFL. Uh, so it, you know, he did what he could, but it is interesting because he won so many people matchups last year with his 8,000 touchdown performance and probably cost some people a spot in the finals uh, with his performance this week in week 16. So let's get into it. Let's get into the waiver wire rankings. There are a lot of uh, running backs that are banged up, not going to play this week. So a lot of people probably looking at the running back waiver wire to see if that is going to be their savior here on championship weekend. Uh, we're going to start with the quarterbacks, Jamie, because we do know that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, hurt, not going to play this Sunday. And that means when you go over to fantasypros.com, you look at their waiver wire rankings. Who do they have in the top spot this week? Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Tua Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, three rookies and a, and Tua. And a Tua. Uh, Trey Lance should be the number one pickup of the quarterback class if you need it for whatever reason. Uh, he comes in as my QB 12 for this week. Really, really solid matchup against Houston, although they've been playing a little bit better defense lately, but it's still a good matchup for him. If you remember the last time he played, he had a ton of design runs from Kyle Shanahan, which is obviously music to fantasy managers' ears. You love to get those rushing points. Has a decent chance to get a rushing, t- rushing touchdown as well. So he's a guy that I, I would plug and play as a low-end QB1 right away. So he should be your top pickup of the week. 
if you're looking for those other guys on the list, uh, you know, two one Justin Fields come in at sixteen and seventeen for me. I'm not picking up Mac Jones this week uh, unless I'm in a super flex format. He's a fine QB too, but um, you know, single QB league, I, I don't. There are too many other options that you could play this week. Uh, even though he does have a good matchup against Jacksonville, I just think they're just going to run the ball a ton, uh, and they're not going to really need to throw a bunch to beat the lowly Jaguars right now because their quarterback can't score a touchdown to save his life. It was so bad, Chris, that like he even on a QB sneak from the one, he fumbled a QB sneak from the one in which his team scored. Trevor Lawrence didn't get a touchdown. So it it, it is this fun little thing. Uh, He'll be a fun guy to rank next year. But uh, as far as his purposes, Trey Lance, uh, number one pickup. Justin Fields is not a guarantee to play this week. So kind of keep that in mind. If you now again, you're not saving your fat budget at this point anymore. Just blow, you know, whatever you have, you know, you don't get to take it home with you. Assuming most leagues don't do like a rollover fab thing. I haven't heard of that. Um, maybe in their dynasty formats, they let you do that. But otherwise, in most leagues, you, you can't take the fab home with you. So you can't take those timeouts into halftime with you. So uh, if you need a quarterback, Trey Lance should be your by far top priority on this list. You teased where you're going to rank Trevor Lawrence next season by saying, I don't know where I'm going to rank Trevor Lawrence next season. I want to give the listeners a little bit of an off-season preview because yesterday... Oh, you got a Jamie, sneak peek. I had a meeting with Jamie. Jamie and I have meetings, go over some content stuff for not only TD and Fantasy, but some other stuff as well. We're big professional boys. We had Zoom meetings. And Jamie was like, hey, I got something I want to run by you. And I'm thinking, okay, nice content idea that Jamie has that he wants to show me something important. He's like, let me share my screen. Shares the screen with me. The man has done a three-round mock draft for next year already. It's done. Three rounds are done. Later on in the day, I get a screenshot. He did a fourth round. So I now know what the eight. first four. Did you not see my other screenshot? Oh, that's right. It ended up being eight because I rank the teams. I power rank the teams based yeah. on where I thought they were. So Jamie has gone completely nuclear. He's into the into offseason mode. He's got uh, the mock drafts ready to go for us in the offseason. So you can listen. Just and on that fantasy point, season's over does not mean that we stop here on the show. We are ready for offseason content. And on that point, Chris, if, if you followed last year, uh, I will. you'll be the same format. But if you didn't, let me explain. I'll be releasing a way too early 2022 fantasy mock draft on this coming Tuesday. So a week from today when the show releases. So right before the Tuesday before the final week of the regular season. And it will be one, the first round. And I will release a new round to the mock every single week through the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. So – you will get a new round added to the mock every single week uh, during the the NFL playoffs through the Super Bowl. And then obviously the final round, probably final two rounds, I'll probably drop two rounds on the Tuesday after Super Bowl. So it's a fun little project I like to work on. Uh, it is a good mental exercise and we'll go over it in depth on the show. Chris already has a ton of show topics already based on some of these rankings or some of these draft positions that I have these guys. But uh, as I always say, before we get into those, is you, it's always important to know how you feel right now, to log how you feel at the end of the season because there's a long stretch between now and fantasy draft prep for most of you. It's easy to forget who was doing what at the end of the season. So make sure you. this is a really crucial exercise for you to be ahead of the curve on your league mates for next year. But that will be a next week and beyond topic. Let's get back into the waiver wire rankings. Uh, so if you are somebody that has found themselves uh, into championship Sunday championship week in week 17 of your fantasy football season. And you had Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, Daryl Henderson, 
Maybe James Robinson was on your team. You are looking for answers. Maybe it's on your bench. Maybe it is via the waiver wire uh, this week in particular. Here's what we've got. Boston Scott, one. Uh, Jordan Howard, two. Dare Ongobowale, three. Rex Burkhead, four. Derek Gore, five. Cam Akers, six. And, Jamie, I want to start with the last part of this list. Um, I'd be shocked if Cam Akers, Cam Akers has a big enough workload to justify playing him starting him now if you're in a dynasty league keepers league and cam Akers is floating out there and you want to pick him up to see what he looks like over the last two weeks of the season potentially long term i think that's valuable uh, but i don't expect cam Akers to be able to do a whole lot for you here on championship week this is probably the sony michelle show with cam Akers getting sprinkled in uh he has been active he was active last week he'll be active this week i just don't expect him to do a whole lot no i end up putting him in at like running back 50 like I feel well, so like he made just, the cut. He made the cut this week. He barely made the cut this morning, or I guess like last night when they said that he was going to be activated. And we did tease on the, on the Sunday show that with Dale Henderson's injury, he's now going to be put on IR. That that would potentially change some things uh, for for their the timeline on Cam Akers. But uh, I don't think you have any confidence starting him this week. Uh, you know, I, so no, uh, I would not. Pl- I would not spend a huge waiver wire picking him up. If you play in week 18, better chance that he's a flex play for you. So, I mean, if you have a two-week final or your league just plays one week into week 18, a little bit more interested. Otherwise, I'm not. I think all of these other guys are like flex caliber plays. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Daria Goomba-Wale. I I think those are all flex options. You know, Burkhead and Gore, I'm intrigued by, but I think I would play them more as cheap DFS options than I would uh, guys that you're going to play in your regular redraft leagues. So if you need some flex help, uh, I still think you'd rather pick up a lot of wide or play a lot of wide receivers over these guys. But if you're, again, if you're really down bad at running back, which quite frankly, a lot of people are, it just has been the story of the season. Uh, I have my order on those guys would be Boston Scott one, Dario Gumbawale two, excuse me, Jordan Howard one, Dario Gumbawale two, and Boston Scott three. If I were to rank those top three guys, if you need a running back this week. It's it's interesting, Jamie, because I mentioned injury-related reasons why people might be looking to the waiver wire. I mean, it's Tuesday. There is still plenty of time for somebody to test positive and be put in the protocol and not be able to play. So you need to be diligent uh, in in seeking these things out and giving yourself backup options in case things go sideways for you. Of the wide receiver position, Jamie... This is interesting. This is an interesting group this week. K.J. Osborne, one. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, two. Josh Palmer, three. Rashad Bateman, four. Isaiah McKenzie, five. Alan Lazard, six. Kendrick Bourne, seven. T.Y. Hilton, eight. Robbie Anderson, nine. Braxton Berrios, ten. That is the, 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 the top ten list. It's kind of a, a hodgepodge of people here. And, and a K.J. Lot of Osborne, is- because Adam Thielen is very hurt, and you can clearly see that he's very hurt, and he's still trying to play regardless. Yeah, um, I, I think that he's probably the the guy that I like here the most. Uh, I'm I ranked Adam Thielen uh, as a low end wide receiver too, but I'm fully expecting him to. There's a good chance he doesn't play. So KJ Osborne have an increased role there. Marquez Valdez Scantling has, has had a nice little run there. I think he's worth picking up. Josh Palmer is interesting as well because right now Mike Williams is guaranteed out on the COVID list, and but uh, J- uh, Jared Guyton is also. Or excuse me, J- Jalen Guyton is also on the COVID list right now. So, and Palmer's actually been pretty st- solid over the last month of the season. So, he'd probably be my number two pickup of the week. Isaiah McKenzie is another gun that's interesting. No Colby Beasley this week. Seemed to, uh, we'll see if Gabe. I don't. I have to think about the timeline for Gabriel Davis. He might not. He he might not even be able to go this week as well. So, uh, obviously, don't expect that 
that sort of monstrous performance that he had last week, but he'll get looks. Uh, he is somebody that you should pick up as well. So there's a lot of wide receiver guys available right now that are really interesting, but uh, KJ Osborne and Joshua Palmer and Isaiah McKenzie are probably the top three guys that I'm looking to right now. And, you know, uh, Osborne's still rostering in about a third of the league. So it's Palmer and McKenzie are the two most likely ones to be available for you. So Gabe Davis announced by by McDermott that he was put on the COVID list on the 24th, Christmas Eve. So that would be Friday. I just don't remember. Now, if he, is he unvaccinated? And that is the question that I was going to ask you if you knew the answer to that. I had I heard don't. that, but I don't know that for a fact. So because I, I heard, I'm bringing this I've up, heard it said. If Gabe Davis yeah. is not vaccinated, it's 10 days. He's absolutely missing the next game. Which it's is why new- Cole Beasley's out, which is why Mike Williams. Out. That's why we know those two guys are out right now. So now, now. This is, a, this is a very semantics logistical question that we did not talk about in the pre-show. The CDC changed the guidelines for people to be able to come back in regular life. Yes. But that's ve- the league is going to make changes. So but, will the league make a change in time for that to matter for this week? I don't know. Uh, well, not for, the, not for unvaccinated players. That, those guidelines are for vaccinated, play, uh, vaccinated people. Um, and there's so it's not going to matter for the Colby Easley's and the, the Mike Williams's of the world. The protocols right now, I think, are, are fairly the new protocols, I should say, for vaccinated players are fairly lenient. Like you just got to be able to test back to back negatives and you don't have to be 24 hours apart, which is why Kansas City did what it did with Travis Kelsey over the weekend. So it didn't can, work out for him. Now, he wasn't able to test out. But I have seen a Schefter tweet. Gabriel okay. Davis unvaccinated. So they, they will. Okay. More than so likely, means the next game, out. the 10 days, he's not going to be able to play this weekend either. So that changes the the way you feel about Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, the tight end position, the last group that we have to talk about here on the waiver wires. Cole Komet, Gerald Everett, Tyler Conklin, James O'Shaughnessy, CJ Uzoma, Evan Ingram. I just would like to make a blanket statement here. I don't, I'm not playing a single giant player. This is not happening. I'm done That's with fine. the Giants. Done. Yeah, none of these guys are great. Hopefully you've you've already you you're just gonna roll with whatever tight end option you had last week. Like I, I feel like this is not really. I mean, I feel like this is not something that looks is all that exciting right now. No, I mean, Gerald Everett had a nice game. Um, on Sunday, yeah, I mean, if you take I a flyer, I think it, it's fine. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what tight end you would have had. Like, hopefully, you get Fryermuth back this week. Uh, hopefully, there's some optimism you'll get Darren Waller back this week, which would be really nice. Uh, but otherwise, whatever. All right, Jamie, time to get into your week 17 rankings. We'll start with quarterbacks like we always do. I think there are three things, three players, all inside the top 12 that I'd like to have conversations about. Would you like to start with the guy that is the highest rank that I'd like to talk about or the guy that is the lowest rank that I'd like to talk about? Let's do highest rank. That sounds so fun. You have, so you have Kyler Murray at number four, QB4. I do. And I guess my question for you, and I know fantasy-wise it's a little different, but this Cardinals team has not been playing particularly well lately, and he has been struggling. So I think the there was a little bit of a sticker shock there to see him all the way up at number four. I know he's playing Dallas. He's probably going to throw near Trayvon Diggs, which probably means Trayvon Diggs is going to have another interception at some point uh, to get to 12. Uh, but I was a little surprised to see Kyler Murray all the way up at number four, considering the struggles that this Cardinals, Cardinals team has had offensively over the last five weeks or so. Yeah, you know, but since they came back from their bye, um, he's still averaging more than 21 fantasy points per game. Now, it's been a little bit up and down. He was up over, like, that first game back, he was touching 31 and then had two sub-20-point performances before getting 21.9, I believe it was, this past week. Um, I I know that the Dallas is a really good defense, but 
fantasy wise, it, it does hurt a little bit right now. So there's about a 2.3% knock on, on Kyler Murray's value just by playing that defense. Uh, but, you know, he still is a guy that has a, plenty of upside, has really high chances of getting 20 plus point performances, is running around a little bit again. Yeah, so you were worried about that 13 and a half point week like you had two weeks ago? Sure. But there are other guys here that have been struggling lately. Like Matthew Stafford just put up a sub-10 point performance. That is the you know, next Pat- name on my list. You have him all <laughs> the way know? up as QB6, got through three picks last week. Yeah, he did. But he's also playing like You and I are playing drivers. cornerbacks for Baltimore this week. Yeah, like Stafford is doing this weird thing. And, and I don't know what is up with him right now because he will oscillate between some just like stupendous throws and awful throws. And I just don't know what is going on with him right now. And obviously his sub 10 point performance, and basically he's been under 20 points in the last two weeks, but he's still been pretty consistent for most of the season. He's got weapons. He's got a great matchup. I'm still going to bet on him. Now I will say the difference between right now, QB like two and QB nine is like one point. Like there are a lot of these guys that are clustered for me this week in my projections. I mean, it is, if I could share my, like I have guys at like 21.1, like it, there's like a lot of these guys that have all clustered uh, in my model. So I still think you got to start Stafford. Like you're sure if you have a Stafford and Mahomes or Stafford and Rogers or something like that, then fine. You, you can sit him, but I have a hard time sitting Stafford in this matchup. Like, who, who's going to cover Cooper Cup in this game? Cooper Cup's going to get 80 million points. The third quarterback inside the top 12 that I want to talk about is QB 12. Because Trey Lance, playing for Jimmy Garoppolo, finds himself as a QB 1 this week. I think that's an interesting note. So, Jamie, thought process behind putting Trey Lance as a QB 1 this week. Talked about a little bit in the waiver segment. He's going to run around. There's going to be a lot of design runs for him. He's got a good matchup. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what Kyle Shanahan has cooked up. And he's had a little bit more time to grasp the playbook and to get some more things implemented for him since the last time we got this ch- a chance to see him start. Uh, I know they're going to play Corey throughout the rest of the week, but uh, I think the, the Kyle Shanahan praise tour of Trey Lance this week is, is a pretty solid indicator that Trey Lance is going to play this week. Uh, So I like him as a guy to get into my lineup right away at home. Good matchup. Going to run around high floor. Uh, I'm excited for him. Again, all the reasons you were starting Cam Newton three or four weeks ago, all, you know, is the reason why you would play Trey Lance. And obviously Trey Lance can actually throw the football right now. Anything else in the quarterback position that you would like to talk about? Those are the three things that stood out to me. You have Tua down at 16, Taysom Hill coming back. You have him at QB 14. Those are other things that I maybe have of note. So listen, the respect, put some respect on Zach Wilson's name all the way up at QB 21. Guys moved up the board a little bit here at the late part. He has. And obviously, Tamp, whole matchup against the Bucks, banged up secondary. Um, love what I saw from him last week. I guess the one other name that I'm looking at here is Russell Wilson. I have him at QB 15. And he's been bad. I should say bad. He's been, well, he's been bad for fantasy. He's been average for real life. And if we go back to since Russell Wilson returned, he's averaging less than 14 fantasy points per game. He has a really solid matchup here. Now, for fantasy quarterback-wise, this is basically a neutral matchup. But from a talent perspective, the Seahawks should be all over this Detroit defense. Now, 
who knows what Seattle team is going to be because the Seattle offense on paper is not the Seattle offense we've seen with our eyes this year. I I don't feel super confident starting him in a single quarterback league. Like I see the matchup. I know you're going to look at Russell Wilson versus Detroit and get all excited and get all hot and bothered. I just don't think we've got that player right now. And there's going to be, and you, you know, my Russell Wilson take from the show on Sunday and, and we'll get more into that in the off season. But, uh, you know, I would, as we mentioned, you know, if you have Russell Wilson and Taysom Hill or Kirk Cousins or Trey Lance or guys like that, I would start all of those players over Russell Wilson this week. The running back position, Jamie, Jonathan Taylor. Has him, has himself the RB one spot once again. Yeah, it's a bold take by me. I know. I know. You want me to elaborate? No, no, no elaboration needed. I just want to let everybody know that he's still there. Um, injuries have made this list a little interesting, Jamie. And where I'd like to start is, and this is because he's gotten he's been getting the lion's share, and this is because he's playing the Chargers porous, and I think that's the nice way to describe their run defense this season. Javante Williams, a top ten running back. You love yeah. to see it. Look, even in the bad game, like he last the last two weeks, he still combined to get nineteen point one points. So this this Chargers run defense, porous, is as bad for a playoff contending team as I can remember. Like we've seen some terrible run defenses, but rarely do we see this late in the season a team that is you know a, a solid wild card contender being this terrible at one aspect of the game. They are a brutal run defense, and actually right now for fantasy running backs are scoring 10, almost 11% more points on average than a, and then in a neutral matchup. 11% above neutral matchups when, when, a running, when a fantasy running back plays the Los Angeles Chargers. That is stupid. So I Javante Williams is growing into a bigger role. Melvin Gordon's still going to be involved. Don't get me wrong. But the, the, the Javante Williams is getting a bigger and bigger share Looks really good out there. Again, we're going to talk about where I have Javante Williams in my fantasy drafts next year. I think that's going to be a yes, really we, interesting conversation. Yes, we are. You already know, Chris. Uh, but that's going to be a very fun conversation. But for this week, uh, I, I'm rolling by, right with him as an RB1. Uh, this should be a tremendous matchup. And if the Broncos want to win this football game, regardless of whoever the quarterback is that starts for them, they're going to have to use Williams and Gordon a ton. Um, other things that stood out to me, Sony Michelle, one spot ahead of Javante Williams is RB9. And I think importantly, um, the, the guys that fall outside of the top 12, even outside the top 15, Najee Harris all the way down to RB16. Correll Patterson, who's been a mainstay in that top 12 over the last you know two months, finds himself all the way down at RB18. Um, those are the big things in my takeaway. Saquon Barkley all the way down to RB24. Always like to take a shot at the Saquon stands any chance we get on the show uh but those are the three things that stood out to me yeah uh, a couple other things to note Darrell Williams uh assuming that Clyde Edwards does not play it doesn't look like he's going to play this week but he might be back for next week for those of you that play week 18 Darrell Williams comes in at RB 13 for me love what he's going to do he and Derek Gore are both going to be involved but Williams will be the lead back uh be a big pass catcher for them James Connor at 14 I still think he's going to be as heavily involved as he was once he gets back up into the swing of things Rashad Penny Highest ranking of the season for me so far. Cracks my top 25 is RB21. It's got a solid matchup against Detroit. Uh, Kareem Hunt looks like he'll be back this week, so keep that eye out uh, for Monday Night Football. He is a high-end flex play. And Chris, a, a guy that you mentioned to me on Sunday, Devin Singletary, ends up coming in at 26 for me uh, in a good matchup against Atlanta. So I'm excited to play all those guys. And as, as we mentioned, 
Uh, there's some really interesting guys you should get a little bit further back down, though, like Deontay Foreman, 33, Michael Carter, 34. Tough matchup, but it's going to get a lot of work. Boston Scott, 35. So there are some pieces here that you're going to like even as even fairly far down the rankings at the running back position. This was actually felt like, as of now, knock on wood, injuries, COVID, a lot of stuff can change. But it actually feels like there's some decent options for you at running back this week compared to weeks, excuse me, compared to weeks prior. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. The wide receiver group is fun this week. Cooper Cup's wide receiver one. You want me to elaborate? No, no elaboration needed uh, there. Um, wide receivers seven and eight are where I'd like to start this week, mm-hmm. Jamie. Wide receiver seven, Jalen Waddle. Wide receiver eight, T. Higgins. Jamie, the floor is yours. Two of the hottest wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, let's start with T. Higgins, who since week eight, doing, my, doing the numbers here, is averaging 15 fantasy points per game. Since week 12, is averaging 19.86 fantasy points per week. He has been absolutely sensational. Uh, he doesn't have a strong matchup, but he doesn't have one that I'm running away from either. He actually, this is even with a almost a 2% reduction uh, based on his matchup. So, and he still ranks this high. Jalen Waddle, man, like 20 points on Monday Night Football. Hasn't had fewer than, he said one game under 12 points since week nine. Like he has been absolutely monstrous. He gets the volume. There's really two that doesn't go anywhere else. Hell, freaking Devonta Parker didn't even get a target. <laughs> last night against the Saints. So Jalen Waddle in in the interesting game for TDN. Like for those of you that behind the scenes, you know Kyle Krabs, if you're aware of him from oh, Draft gosh. Dudes, a lead scout, ginormous Dolphins fan. Justin Mello, who's a writer on our staff as well, uh, star interviewer for us, huge Titans fan. So they are playing each other this week. And I am stoking the fire in every opportunity. I am DMing them both behind the scenes with facts to use against each other. I'm putting things in, in, in our general like messaging board. So I'm excited for that game. But both of these guys are absolute studs this week. Must starts. And quite I mean, they can't be out of your lineup. I don't care who you have. They can't be out of your lineup. I'm on Ross St. Brown, wide receiver 17. Just had to make sure Love we, to see we, it. We, we, snuck, we snuck that in there. Uh, Jamie Odo Beckham Jr. He squeaks in there, but gets into the wide receiver two conversation as wide receiver 24. Jamie, the, the place I'd like to start, or at least I'd like to continue this conversation. It's not his fault. That's it. The situation's very bad there. Seeing Terry McLaurin's name all the way down at wide receiver 33, it hurts. It hurt a little bit when I saw it. Yeah. Hate putting him down there. I, I had He was one of the hardest players for me to rank this week. You know, this Washington team is, is a complete mess. He's had one double-digit point game. Since he so he put up that 21.7 point game in week seven, he had that monster game there. He's had one game of double digit since. Like, here's his half PPR total since then five by week, 8.9, 18.8, 7.1, 3.7, uh, injury shortened game, 6.1, and then 5.5 last week. Like, it's just uh, I can't rank him any higher right now. The quarterback situation's a mess. The team he is a been, mess. The team is a mess. He hasn't been incredibly productive. Uh, you know, it, it's it hurts because like you you appreciate the talent. And by the way, the matchup's terrible for him for fantasy wide receivers. It, it's a ten and a half point uh, percentage point reduction. So 
I mean, not like he had when you have a player that's this talented, there's always a chance that they have a monster game because it, at, sometimes at the end of the day, talent wins out. But there is literally nothing going in his favor this week. There's just nothing. And, and it's just it's unfortunate because he's such a tremendous talent. And hopefully they will get this quarterback situation fixed next year so we can continue to take him uh, as a wide receiver one ish type of a player. I do think it's worth noting Debo Samuel uh, d- does still find himself as a top four wide receiver, wide receiver three. Uh, so using him as a wide receiver again. Well, for now, easy. Let's 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 as a yeah, one, for week, one thing, week at least. Yeah, let's just let's just get easy. Not a big enough sample size there. Uh, before I go to tight ends, Jamie, because I do think there's an interesting conversation to, to have there. Anything else that you want to to mention? Uh, I just saw this Antonio Brown, a top fifteen wide receiver. Uh, yep, he's continued to be the guy there uh, volume wise in Tampa. I think that's worth noting. I guess the only other name, like Chase Claypool down at 36. Um, if we were just talking about big names, um, just watch Pittsburgh play. This Pittsburgh Browns Monday night game, I don't want to watch it. Remember, remember, we have the ability now to flex games out of Monday night. That, that is an didn't. option on the table, and we are just choosing not to do that. Anymore. They didn't do it at all this year. I know. They did it zero times. This is the last Monday night game of the year, and it's awful. It's an eye. It's important, but it's awful. Like, I, I just... I'm going to watch it because it's football and it's my job, but like this is going to be one of the most aesthetically displeasing games of the weekend. But uh, something of note there for him, Isaiah McKenzie, who we mentioned off the waiver wire, wide receiver 41. And then uh, just because it's fun to mention these names because things that we would not have said back in August, uh, Julio Jones, wide receiver 46, Allen Robinson, wide receiver 70. Coming off of COVID. Did you, did you know that he missed last week's game? Because nobody apparently knew if he was on COVID list or just didn't play. That is yeah, where the Allen Robinson season's gone. Can't tell sometimes uh, what's going on. I, like I have no idea who I'm gonna how I'm gonna rank next year. <laughs> I can, don't know what team he's gonna be on. Don't know what player. To everybody, he did not make in the initial three round mock that I saw from Jimmy. Didn't make the cut. Just spoiler: just, he didn't make the eight round mock either. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't sure if he did because I didn't remember seeing his name. I didn't want to go that far, but I'll let you do it. There will be some it. changes I make between now and publish, and I will update and all this other fun stuff. But he's not gonna make. He's not a top 100 player next year. You just can't take him there. Unless the tight end, position. I guess. What if it gets, if he goes to Kansas City? Sure, Let, but like I'm not playing that game at this point. Well, we have all off season to play that game. The tight end position, Jamie. Mark Andrews is tight end one this week, as he should be, with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle both healthy playing. Mark yeah. Andrews tight end one. I love Correct. this. This is this is a very good take because Mark Andrews has been unbelievable the last month or so of the season since. Uh, Chris, since week 10, he's averaging 17.74 points per game. Is that good? That's in really a posi- good. In, in a position that we have talked about ad nauseum on this show of not being hugely productive this season, he has been very good since that week 10 statistic you just pointed out there. Uh, top five, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Rob Gronkowski are your top five. I think there's a lot, Jamie, I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of value. Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox at six. He's been very good lately. He's finding his way into the end zone. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been very good for Dallas over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Friermuth, you have back inside the top 10 if he plays. Listen, Kyle Pitts at 10, I think, is a little disrespectful. Guy's on a bit of a heater the last five weeks. He is. Um, Bills are really good against tight ends, though. I know, I know, I know. They're really good against tight ends. So um, so here's the thing. This is where things get interesting to me because, like, Gronkowski's been – Kind of meh these last three weeks, you know, averaging only 5.13 points per game, no double digit performances. You know, Dawson Knox, back to back single digit performances. 
you know, Dallas Goddard had some monster games and then had a kind of two duds that are the bread for his two monster games in the middle there. Uh, Schultz has been really good for two games after having a couple duds. So it's kind of been a little bit all over the place for everybody. And, you know, Kyle Pitts is probably is a little interesting run here, but he's just not putting up these massive point totals to like make you, you know, he's startable. He's a tight end one, but you're not like, like, look at his numbers. He even since like week 10, it's like eight, 4.4, 3.6, 6.8, 8.6, 9.7, 13.2. Nothing to shake a stick at considering the tight end position, which by the way, let me update. Where are we now? For total tight end position, we have, we are under double digits now. So the average for every single tight end in the NFL, the average combined points allowed, 9.94. So I got a question for you then, Jamie. Brutal. Because my initial reaction to that question is, or to that statistic is, you were probably better off this year streaming your tight end on a weekly basis than sticking with the, the group that you probably exited your drafts with probably because, because you probably like, could have beaten that average by via the free agent market than you could have with the guys that you brought to the dance most likely because you look at some guys that were available like schultz was widely available knox was widely available at one point uh Fryermuth was widely available zach Ertz was widely available and those guys so, had big games yeah and those guys have been games now if you took andrews you took kelsey kittle it's a different Waller early in the season, although again, there was that weird stretch there, like after week one, where he really wasn't anything special. Like, you've actually probably very disappointed with the season you've got from Darren Waller. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, even Gronk was drafted, but in some leagues he was pretty available, but then obviously put up, put up whatever, like 25 points in week one and everybody grabbed him. But yeah, you were probably better off because more some of these some of these guys emerged and really none of the sleepers aside. I mean, I mean, some people thought Schultz and, and Fryermuth were sleepers, but. None of the sleepers really emerged this year. Like we didn't remember Adam, the Adam Troutman love that I never understood. Like all, all of that stuff was like the Tyler Higby love, which I did understand and it didn't work out. And obviously Hawkinson it missed a lot of time. And so it, it's been a weird year, but yeah, you're right. You almost were better off unless you were able to get Andrews or Kelsey uh, or Kittle. You were probably way better off just streaming guys all year. Uh, that's it. That's all I got from the rankings. I don't know if you've got anything else that you'd like. You want to go through kickers and defense? I know you love to do that at the end of the show. I did that like twice, mostly just to annoy you. Yes, very much to annoy me. Um, that's it. The Week 17 rankings, uh, they're not done yet, Jamie. We'll continue to update them throughout the week as COVID news, as injury news, as we learn more about what these what this week is going to look like. And again, the last couple of weeks have shown us that these, these lists are going to change because people are just going to be ruled out. They're just not going to be able to play because they're going to be placed on the COVID-19 list. So... Stay locked in. DraftNetwork.com. Underneath the fantasy tab is where Jamie's rankings live. Jamie is the the, the flex fifty. Do we have one more? We don't. We don't. Do we have a flex fifty? No. no that was last, week, was last week. Okay. Yeah, last week. Sure. It, it's no point at this point. Just making sure. Um. So with that in mind, just Jamie's rankings over at the DraftNetwork.com is where you're going to want to stay locked in as this news comes out throughout the week, and I'm sure it will. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. Again, thedraftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab. Hope everyone has a great rest of their week. We are back Sunday night to recap week 17, championship week for a lot of you in fantasy. We are there to break all of the performances down on Sunday night. Again, everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Sunday.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.